This fucking guy. Hello, my skillet baked cornbreads. Welcome to This Fucking Guy, a podcast about self care if self care is one long scream into the void. Here is where we use expletives and a lot of alcohol to emotionally process the creeps, jerks, and asshats that compose the shitty elevator music of our lives. I'm raging against the machine, Ren Martinez. And I'm ready to burn society to the ground, Ginger Gollub. Yeah. So, yeah. Fire. Flames on Flames. the sides of my Flames. face. Mm. Um, yeah, it's been one whole shit fest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, Be- Beans is over here just being... You know, the good little radical I know him to be, but he's Aww. he's not only saying fuck the police, he's saying fuck you too, mama. I'm not going to do what you tell me. So if anybody hears little uh, toe clickies toe, toe across the floor. Marjorie is sitting next to me in my recording studio, a.k.a. Uh, computer office. Um, she is sleeping very, very sweetly. I'll even show you. Let me twist you over. Oh, what a baby. She is a sweet, sweet baby. And honestly, Marjorie's probably an establishment Democrat, if I were to be honest. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, she's a good girl and she's doing her best. Capitalism is all good for her as long as she has all the cat beds she could ever desire. Cat capitalism. <laughs> cat peopleism. <laughs> Okay, we're just going to cut that the right the fuck out. Is there anything specific you want to scream into the void? Yes. Because as you said last week, sometimes what we need to scream into the void is joy. Oh. So, you ever heard of a K-pop stan? Yes, I have. So, K-pop is a whole, it's Korean pop for like the three people who do not know. And their mm-hmm. fans are global, and they are fervent, and they will absolutely share video after video of their favorite Korean stars eating noodles or whatever. Like, it's a thing. Mm. So, K-pop stands have done more work than the Speaker of the House in the last two weeks. Um, I mean, and always. <laughs> So it, it went viral after uh, the Dallas Police Department uh, created this iWatch app. And the whole idea is it's a snitch app where you uh, upload, vi- you can anonymously upload videos of illegal activity, again, to fucking snitch on your neighbors. YouTube without any chill. And, and, fu- <laughs> and fuck them for being so lazy that they couldn't just call through like YouTube and Facebook right. where people are posting all of these anyway. No. So they have this app and they're like, hey, if you have videos of illegal activity from the protests and are trying to share it with the Dallas Police Department, upload it to our iWatch app. And K pop fans were like, uh fuck you, Black Lives Matter. And like <sighs> inundated it with K pop videos. Just like fan cams of all their shit to the point where the app had to be taken down because uh, it was just fully slammed with uh, it. Oh, but that's that's only one thing. So they have successfully bombarded hashtags like White Out Wednesday, White Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter, making it full of K-pop, like overriding all the racist shit. And it's just, if you looked up, like, when these things were trending on Twitter, if you just, if you went to the hashtag, it's all dancing and singing K-pop stars. It's beautiful. 
And this isn't just for, like, people in Korea. Or, like, I know the United States has a big uh, K-pop fandom. Um, like, apparently, the White Lives Matter hashtag was trending in Russia. It was trending in Russia because of Russian K-pop fans. Oh. <laughs> filling it with, with K-pop music. Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, man. It just fucking, fucking wrecked racist shit all, all week. It was beautiful. Fucking beautiful. There, there's a little part of my brain that is wondering now, like, how many racists just got really into Korean pop music? <laughs> they were like, I'm just, I'm just going to search my good, good racist hashtags. And oh, what's this? My God, it's so catchy. BTS, huh? That's a thing. Ooh, catchy. Um, but yeah, it just, there's nothing that fills me more joy than like, Internet trolls for good. <laughs> my my other, it, it, you can cut this. You can cut this out if you need to for time. But the thing that's been bringing me a whole lot of joy today is that over the last couple of days, um, I know where my family stands on everything, and it's very much the like mm, respectfully fuck the police, like <laughs> you know, v- v- very very woke. I love your parents very woke so boomers. Much. I love them oh. so much. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, my cousin. I have a cousin in Wisconsin who, like, I haven't seen in, like, a decade. And then, you know, in the last two weeks, he posted, the first thing he posted was a Ben Shapiro video. A Ben Shapiro. He was explaining, you see, he was explaining why, you know, looting and rioting is never, it's never going to get you what you need, okay? Like, you just don't understand logic, all right? Facts don't care about your feelings. But I was basically like, I commented, Ben Shapiro is the dumbest fuck on the planet. <laughs> and one of my cousin's friends, I don't fucking know this dude, but one of his friends was like, yeah, and isn't he a giant racist? Or like, and, and like a Nazi? And I'm like, well, he's Jewish. So I wouldn't call him a Nazi, but all of his friends are Nazis. Definitely mm-hmm. a white supremacist. He's like, you know what? White supremacist equals a Nazi to me. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> like they're coming for you, Phil. Your friends are coming for you. Um, and then he posted this article a couple days ago, which the website was like Cops Daily Herald or something like that. Oh, I was like, really? okay. And it was like six cops have been killed. The media isn't covering them. Read this news article about these cops' deaths. And my sister, God bless. My older sister was the first comment was like, uh, Phil, this was from six months ago. <sighs> Phil, this this isn't relevant. Just check <laughs> just check the dates on your fucking articles, if nothing else. And, Jesus and Christ. And he was like, it doesn't matter. The sentiment is still the same. And it's like, no, it it matters. Context matters. Oh, and some other some fucking boomer commented on his Facebook about how like, oh yeah, and like no the media never talks about cops dying, and they certainly never talk about the military dying. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, we never talk about military and the deaths that they they experience in this country. That's not an entire movie genre. Or a holiday that we celebrate every fucking year. Like, that's, you know what, if you could just say you're racist, man. Don't use all these words. We know what you mean. Like, you know what you mean. You sound dumber. Like, it's embarrassing. I'm like, if you're going to come up, try to come up with some convoluted reason 
why you're white supremacist, try harder, okay? <sighs> this is just lazy and sad. Ugh. I I assume by now you have seen uh the the treat from uh person named Brendan Foer going around that says, I will admit I do enjoy seeing even the most cornflake, vanilla, Starbucks white girl I know from high school suddenly being like, OMG, fuck the cops. Like, do you realize <laughs> how badly you have to fuck up to get Molly the horse girl googling Maltov cocktails? <laughs> um, on that note... <laughs> On that super smooth segue. You know what? My my segues are always the smoothest, like butter. Mm. Um, It's time for some therapy. So, therapy time. It is chaos and it is fire, but hopefully in this cleansing fire, something will rise from the ashes (laughs) that is slightly better than the hellscape we've been living in. But in the meantime, we need to talk about this fucking guy. Yeah, so I there's a couple caveats here. First of all, I wrote this entire thing before all this happened. Uh, I have been sitting on it for a little while, so if it is a tonal shift from our introduction, that is why. Like we we are going to be doing some episodes on Rachel on. Not racial justice, but racial justice. <laughs> racial justice? What a bitch. <laughs> Fuck her. <laughs> We're going to be doing some podcasts on racial justice coming up. But um, in the meantime, I had written this one. This was basically just like coronavirus apocalypse. And uh, yeah, isn't that a, that was a month ago, you know, I just wanted to say I wanted to say real quick. The thing is, is that you're. You, it may not always have immediately to do with with current events because sometimes sometimes therapy means having a space where we're not talking about current events where it's like right. a little a little oasis of there's other assholes that exist that we can laugh at and what i wanted what i so desperately wanted this time around was levity so i so even beyond that i cheated a little bit this week because this particular fucking guy isn't so much like a bad guy so much as he is weird but you know how much i like a weirdo and a pervert we love um, weirdos and perverts so much this fucking guy weirdos and perverts <laughs> yes He's he's he is also kind of a low key dick, but he's so revered by like specific people. Uh, and I will take any opportunity to disillusion fanboys. So uh, here we go. Nikola Tesla <laughs> was born to a Serbian family on July tenth, eighteen fifty six, during a lightning storm in a village called Smiljan in what is now Croatia. I had to make this short so I fit as many prepositions into sentences as possible. Enjoy. I appreciate it. His father was an Eastern Orthodox priest. His mother, meanwhile, invented small household appliances in her spare time. As a child, he enjoyed making home craft tools, such as a motor powered by June bugs and a frog catching device. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's like right on that border of like whimsical and serial killer. Mm hmm. Uh,. Apparently, he also liked memorizing Serbian epic poems, like you do. 
Tesla's brother died in a riding accident when he was seven. In the years following the accident, Tesla claimed that he began seeing visions of the air around him, quote, filled with tongues of living flame. He claimed that he learned to exercise his willpower to control the visions. File this away for later. Yeah, that sounds like mental health, <laughs> mental health issues. <laughs> Tesla later wrote that he became interested in demonstrations of electricity by his physics professor. Tesla was able to perform calculus in his head. Fuck knows I can't do it with a calculator, so good for him. What's calculus again? I know uh, I took a class on it. <laughs> it's the one that I dropped out of after pre-calculus because I didn't understand that much, so I didn't think that it was going to get better from there. It's that one? You yeah, know which one that there's, one is. There's, it has to do with, like, there's the regular two or, like, a regular number, and then there's, like, the tiny number in the top right-hand corner. That's important. That's all I remember. That sounds like exponents, but okay. Something with to do with that. Something. All of his professors apparently thought that he was cheating because he was doing everything in his head and he was such a smart boy. Um, he finished a four-year term and three years graduating in 1873. Tesla then returned to his hometown, immediately caught cholera, and was bedridden for nine months and almost died. Uh, his father, who, again, um, is a priest and had wanted him to go into the priesthood, promised to send him to the best engineering school if he recovered from the illness. And as you might have guessed, he lived. I like to think that it was just a very intense grift. <laughs> he was so committed to not being a priest. He's like, I will lie in this bed for nine months. <laughs> I will almost die repeatedly and shit myself to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 1874, Tesla got out of being drafted into the army by running away to, as I read it, the fucking woods where he explored the mountains wearing hunter's garb. Tesla said that this contact with nature made him stronger, both physically and mentally. He read many books during this time and later said that Mark Twain's works had helped him to miraculously recover from his early illness and make it through this literal period in the woods. That does sound something like something a 19-year-old boy would say who's never had to do anything difficult. Yep. <laughs> like I got out of I got out of responsibility by going camping in the woods and uh and reading my favorite books. And that's how I learned how to I don't know, Jesus Christ. It it's like people who read White Fang and suddenly think they could be Bear Grylls. <laughs> In in third grade, when we're all reading Hatchet and being like, I don't know, I think I could survive I in the could woods. Do that. In 1875, Tesla enrolled in university in Graz, Austria, on a scholarship. During his first year, Tesla never missed a class, got perfect grades, passed twice as many exams as required, and started a Serbian cultural club. Nerd, nerd. At the end of his second year. Tesla lost his scholarship and became addicted to gambling, and he sometimes spent more than 48 hours straight at the gambling table. It's too many. Is he still shitting himself at this point? I think, he fin I think he's finished shitting himself. But I mean, 48 I hours straight at a table, you gotta pee and shit at some point. We're gonna talk more about his dietary stuff later, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> During his third year at university, Tesla gambled away his allowance and tuition money. He then somehow gambled back his initial losses and returned the balance to his family, which, 
This never happens. The answer to I lost all of my money gambling is never gamble more. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty lucky that he was able to get it back because most, I definitely know stories of dudes who are like, yeah, I'm going to go and make a bunch of money in Vegas or Atlantic City or wherever. And then they lose $2,000 and they're like, I've lost $2,000. I'm going to get it back, though. Don't you worry about it. I'll double it. And they never do. No. You never do. No. This is the start of every mob movie. <laughs> uh, Tesla said that he conquered his passion for gambling then and there. What a weird way to say you quit cold turkey. Yeah, also, there's, like, a bunch of examples later on that I had to cut where it's like, and then he got into gambling again, don't worry about it. But not not that intensely. He didn't gamble away all of his money, except on business ventures. Don't worry about it. (laughs) When exam time came, Tesla was unprepared and asked for an extension to study, but was denied. He didn't receive grades for the last semester, and in December 1878, Tesla left university and severed all communication with his family to hide the fact that he dropped out of school. He ghosted so hard that his friends thought he had drowned in the nearby river. You ever been so embarrassed that you (laughs) faked your death? (laughs) In reality, Tesla had just moved to another town. Like, just very mundane. It's the he late just, 1800s. It's real easy to fake your death. So, it's so easy <laughs> to fake your own death. Within a couple months, though, his, his father had tracked him down and begged him to return home, but he refused. His father then killed over dead like a month later in April 1879. And uh, Tesla suffered a nervous breakdown around the same time. I wonder if those two things were related. In January 1880, two of Tesla's uncles put together enough money to help him leave Austria for Prague, where he was to study, but he arrived too late to enroll at the University of Prague, and furthermore, he had never studied Greek, which was a required subject, and furthermore, furthermore, he was illiterate in Czech, which was not only a required subject, but also the language they generally speak in Prague. So, yeah, well, don't worry, send me, no, no, no. No, no, no. This is genius. Hey, guys, raise me enough money. Send me. To- I'm going to go study in Prague. Yeah, that's what I'll just I'll, I'll get there. I'll enroll while I'm there. Just give me a couple grand. I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and get my I'll get my education in Prague. Wink. 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 <laughs> In 1881, Tesla moved to Budapest, Hungary to work at the Budapest Telephone Exchange. He was made chief electrician and was very successful at it. And his mentor then got him a different job in Paris with the Continental Edison Company. Does that sound familiar? No. Oh, okay. Never heard of that guy. Nope. In June 1884, Tesla immigrated to the United States. He began working for Thomas Edison's company again at the machine works on Manhattan's Lower East Side. Um, I'm just going to sort of put this out there here. Like, everybody was like, ah, yes, Tesla and Edison, the fiercest of competitors. Like, in reality, like, when they were working together, they probably met, like, a couple of times because he was in... This factory with, like, 200 electricians. Yeah, it's like if, if you know, you, you work at a large company and the CEO sometimes comes to the Christmas t- banquet. Yeah. And, like, you've seen them before. Yeah. 
They don't know your name. They do not. (laughs) Tesla only worked at the Machine Works for six months before he quit. Um, We don't really know why he quit, but we can speculate. In his own biography, Tesla stated that the manager of the company offered a $50,000 bonus to design, quote, 24 different types of standard machines. But it turned out to be a practical joke and they wouldn't give him the money when he did the thing. Uh, This may or may not have been true. A lot of versions of the story say that it was Edison himself that made and then reneged on the deal. Um, But I'm pretty sure that that at least is apocryphal. Uh, in another incident, Edison business manager Charles Batchelor said that after hearing Nikola Tesla wanted a raise from $18 to $25 a week, quote, no, the woods are full of men like Tesla. I can get any number of them I want for $18 a week. And to be fair, we're pretty sure that the woods had been full of Tesla at some point. <laughs> Tesla, just like, not even wearing camping gear, just like out there in a fucking cravat or whatever, and like being like, hey, 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 you need me? You need me for something? I'm just imagining this guy going out, this guy just going out into the woods, just firing a shotgun and all these Teslas just scatter. (laughs) It's like, yeah, it's Tesla season. You can, if you, if you go, Thomas Edison, because you'll peek peek out, peek out from the trees, then you get him. But there he is in the woods just tinkering on his 25th machine. Like, they said I needed to do this. In March 1885, Tesla met two businessmen who agreed to finance an arc lighting manufacturing and utility company in Tesla's name, the Tesla Electric Light and Manufacturing Company, I guess. After the utility was up and running in 1886, though, they decided that the manufacturing side of the business wasn't profitable, so they just formed a new utility company, yeeted Tesla, and left the investor penniless. Tesla even lost control of patents he had generated since he had given them to the company in exchange for stock. So he invented all the shit and then was like, I'm just gonna invent, I'm just gonna exchange this for stock. I'm sure it'll be fine, guys. We're really cool. We're really chill. Oh, honey. Um, so then for a while he had to work, uh, at various electrical repair jobs and as a ditch digger for $2 a day. Could you imagine you're, you essentially create, I'm gonna just pick a company. You essentially create Comcast, like you invent all of the fucking fiber optic shit for Comcast. Yeah, you're And then they Comcast. boot you and you become a cable repairman. <laughs> like you are, you're putting the fucking Comcast boxes in their house being like, and then you, I'm gonna attach the wires <laughs> for you. I invented this hookup. So while we have an interlude, I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent because uh, there's nowhere else to do this, but I'm going to describe Tesla for you. Um, physically, he was six foot two and 142 pounds and had very big hands and remarkably big thumbs. <laughs> Thanks, Wikipedia. It's for, it's for installing those Comcast cable boxes that he was doing at this point. World champion at thumb war. <laughs> He had a photographic memory and could speak four languages. His appearance was described as almost the tallest, almost the thinnest, and certainly the most serious man who goes to Delmonico's regularly. 
What a what? weird fucking way to describe a person. <laughs> Tesla could be a real dick and openly express disgust for overweight people, such as when he fired a secretary because of her weight. He had a distinct opinion about how women specifically should dress and look. He particularly hated flashy babes and was definitely one of those women just shouldn't wear makeup guys. It just sounds very like Eastern European. You have you have women and you have them in house with kerchief and they bake cabbages. I, I would agree with you, except for like I think that he would be like, mm, plump woman. I appreciate this, but no, no, he was like, no, they need to be thin and lithe and great. You need to look like you've been starved. Like like the like the the Cossacks have raided your homeland. You have nothing to eat but boiled cabbage leaves with a kerchief on your head, and your name is like. Olga. On several occasions, he made his secretary, probably a different one, uh, go home and change her dress because he had some specific phobias, such as an aversion to pearls, which led him to refuse to speak to any woman wearing pearls. I mean, obviously he's sexist and fat phobic, but that's weird. Yeah, no, there's a lot of, like, very weird, specific, obsessive-compulsive disorder stuff going on in here, and, like, I feel for him, but it was also manifest in him being a real dick to other people, so... Yeah. yeah. Tesla claimed never to sleep more than two hours per night, and on one occasion at his laboratory, he worked for 84 hours straight. This is why you can't fucking people right. If you don't fucking sleep, you can't be a person. Like, that's yep. just... Them's the rules. <laughs> One of his friends recalled an occasion when Tesla called him at 3 a.m. Quote, I was sleeping in my room like one dead. Suddenly, the telephone ring awakened me. Tesla spoke animatedly with pauses as he worked out a problem. And when he felt he had arrived at the solution, he suddenly closed the telephone. Ren, if you ever do this to me, I will kill you dead. <laughs> Um, I would never, first of all, I would never, I am definitely not one of those people who is like, oh, I'm so super productive, I don't even sleep, because I don't give a shit how productive you think I'm being. I am so sleep I don't even productive. <laughs> Personally. <laughs> uh, but Tesla worked every day from 9am until 6pm or later with dinner exactly at 8 p.m. at Delmonico's restaurant. Now, rebel that he was, he later switched this up and started eating at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel. Mm. His buckwild routine there went as follows. Tesla would call in his dinner order to the head waiter, who was also the only person he allowed to serve him. The meal was required to be ready at 8 o'clock. He dined alone, except on rare occasions when he would give a dinner to a group to, I guess, fill up the social meter on his sim. Uh, and then he generally returned to his work until about 3 a.m. Okay, so he's Jack Nicholson in As Good As It Gets. Mmm-ish. I mean, he goes into the restaurant, he needs to be at the same table, he needs to have the same waitress, he needs to have the same meal. I mean, it's definitely obsessive-compulsive disorder. That actually makes me wonder if if this inspired Jack Nicholson as good as it gets at all. That's a terrible movie with a terrible ending because it's like, hey, yep. you know that man who has stalked you and emotionally abused you for, like, however long? 
he has money, so you should still marry him. What? Excuse me? What kind (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I was not super on board with that. Tesla became a vegetarian and in his later years lived on only milk, bread, honey, and vegetable juices. Later in life, he was consumed by an extreme aversion to germs and would only eat food that had been boiled. I'm sorry, the milk, bread, and honey thing, I don't know why I was immediately like, so like a, like a Greek god. But boiled. But boiled? <laughs> Which is kind of like matzo ball soup, but the worst version. <laughs> like, hey, buddy, how do you take your bread? Boiled. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> Though, I guess he could, if all he, I mean, he could just have lived on a life of matzo ball soup. Yeah, but but vegetarian matzo ball soup. Yeah. I don't think they had very sophisticated fake chicken flavor then. They barely have sophisticated fake <laughs> chicken flavor now. <laughs> uh, for exercise, Tesla walked between 8 and 10 miles per day, but that wasn't his main exercise, Ren. He curled his toes 100 times for each foot every night, saying that it stimulated his brain cells. Oh, is that what we're calling it now? Curling Uh the toes. (laughs) Curled my toes. Uh Uh Uh-huh. So now back to science and industry. In 1887, Tesla formed the Tesla Electric Company. More importantly, he developed a motor that ran on alternating current, a power system that was rapidly expanding in Europe and the United States. So to be clear, Tesla did not invent alternating current for any of you listening out there, because that's something that people should know, but they can't do a basic Google search. No, they cannot. Uh Tesla demonstrated his alternating current motor in 1888 in word about how awesome it was got back to George Westinghouse, who really needed a viable AC motor and power system uh, for the AC system that he was already marketing that didn't exist. <laughs> Sounds like a capitalist. <laughs> yep. Tesla got a fucking excellent licensing deal on the motor and power system, including $60,000 in cash and stock and bonus money for each horsepower his motors produced. At the time all of this was going on, there was a whole lot of competition going on within the electric utility industry. The so-called War of the Currents was raging in the late 1800s. Thomas Edison promoted direct current, asserting that it was safer than AC, George Wessinghouse backed AC because it could transmit power over long distances. This was the whole thing where Edison electrocuted that elephant, uh, but that's a story for another day. Two years after signing the Tesla contract, Wessinghouse Electric was in financial trouble. So at that point, the Tesla motor was still unsuccessful and was stuck in development. But Westinghouse was still paying him $15,000 a year as a guaranteed royalty. Uh, so in 1891, George Westinghouse had to have a come to Jesus talk with Tesla, explaining that if he didn't meet the demands of his lenders, he would lose control of Westinghouse Electric. And then Tesla would have to deal with the bankers to try to collect future royalties. And Tesla wouldn't want that, right? Uh, so Tesla agreed to release the company from the royalty payment clause in the contract because capitalism. The good news for Tesla is that six years later, Wessinghouse 
purchased the patent on the motor end system for $216,000. That money made him independently wealthy for a while at least and gave him the time and funds to pursue his own interests. On July 30th, 1891, uh, at the age of 35, Tesla became a naturalized citizen of the United States. In the same year, he patented his Tesla coil, which was, and still is, a way to produce electricity. If you touch one, it makes your hair stand on end. Uh, I've seen it in a science museum, and it was really cool. It's not the globe. No, it's not the globe thing. It's like this tube and it's very very loud but if you sort of like stick your hand over it your hair like goes up and every once in a while it makes these like loud electric snapping noises and they probably shouldn't let children anywhere near it Uh, He did a bunch of other important shit at this point that we don't have the time to get into, including experiments with wireless lighting and designing a hydroelectric dam system for Niagara Falls. Hmm. He didn't actually implement it then, like he was dead before that happened, but he designed it. I'd still need a burrito. Yeah. In the early hours of March 13th, 1895, the building that housed Tesla's lab caught fire. It started in the basement of the building and was so intense that Tesla's fourth floor lab burned and collapsed into the second floor. The fire set back Tesla's ongoing projects and destroyed a collection of early notes and research material, models, and demonstration pieces. Tesla told the New York Times, I am in too much grief to talk. What can I say? Mark Twain and Nikola Tesla became besties in the 1890s. Mark Twain was fascinated by technology. Uh, and, Tesla, and Nikola Tesla was a huge fanboy. Yes, precisely. He's, you know, that whole thing about Twain's writings getting him through cholera and living in the woods. So, like, it was an inevitable bromance. As soon as you get famous enough that you can kind of pick your friends. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. um, as bros do. Tesla got Twain to pose for a photo, which would be one of the first to be lit with incandescent light. That was normal. Then Tesla and photographer Edward Edward Ringwood Hewitt invited Twain back to the lab to pose for another photo, this one lit using an electrical device called a Crookes tube. Tesla found the negative to be all fucked up, and there was nothing in it, so he was like, oh shit, it's ruined. Um, But weeks later, German scientist Wilhelm Röntgen announced his discovery of X-radiation produced by Crookes tubes. Tesla then realized that the picture of Twain had been ruined by the X-ray shadows of the camera's metal screws. So... Hmm. He had kind of accidentally discovered x-rays, but he didn't realize he discovered x-rays, so it didn't count. What a bummer. Yeah. What a bummer for him. In perhaps my favorite detail of all of this. In 1898, Tesla demonstrated a boat that used radio control to the public during an exhibition at Madison Square Garden. The crowd's mind was fucking blown, and they immediately assumed that it was a hoax and developed conspiracy theories about how this was possible, speculating that it might have been magic, telepathy, or that it was being piloted by a little trained monkey hidden inside. That's because people dumb. People very dumb. And immediately go to conspiracy theories. Like, it couldn't be science. It it could (laughs) not be science. Thankfully, we can say that human beings today... Absolutely believe in science. Mm. Look at that. We've, mm. we've come the world's so, so much better, clearly. Mm. 
From the 1890s through 1906, Tesla spent a great deal of his time and fortune trying to develop the transmission of electrical power without wires. His ideas about this were interesting, but often wrong. For example... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I mean, that sounds like science, too. Yep. That's very interesting. It's wrong, though. Uh, For example, on one July day, while tracking lightning storms, Tesla observed that unusual signals, essentially a series of boops were being picked up by his equipment. Being a reasonable human, he assumed these to be communications from another planet. Reporters lost their goddamn minds and concluded that, yes, Tesla was hearing signals from Mars. In response to the American Red Cross's request for a prediction about the greatest scientific achievement of the coming century, Tesla wrote, Brethren, we have a message from another world, unknown and remote. It reads... One, two, three. I'm sure he meant that to sound like one of those really cool quotes that's like quoted forever. Like, you know, you know, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind or whatever. But it it's not quite there. It's It's not moving. You know, that's a good first draft. But, you know, go back to the drawing table, you know, work it out a little bit and then then you'll come up with something. In 1996, scientists published a study replicating Tesla's experiment and showing that the signal actually technically was coming from outer space, but it was that one of Jupiter's moons was passing through its magnetic field. So it wasn't like alien telegraphs, but he he could have been a lot more wrong than he was. And sometimes, sometimes he was wronger than that. Yep. Tesla tried to schmooze more investors uh, for the system of wireless transmission. In March 1901, he got $150,000 from J.P. Morgan in return for 51% share of any generated wireless patents. Tesla then began planning the Wardenclyffe Tower facility to be built on Long Island. Within four months, Tesla had expanded his plans to build an even more powerful transmitter. Another inventor named Guglielmo Marconi... Yes. I'm sorry, you're going to need to repeat that because my first thought is Giggle Me Elmo Martoni. Possibly weirder, it's Googly Elmo Marconi. So, Elmo from Sesame Street in a lab coat. With googly eyes. The googly eyes, the googly eye glasses. (laughs) Googly Elmo Marconi had basically invented radio, and Tesla thought that Marconi stole his idea. In December 1901, Marconi successfully transmitted the letter S from England to Newfoundland, defeating Tesla in the race to be the first to complete a transatlantic radio communication. A month after Marconi's success, Tesla tried to get Morgan to back another even larger plan to transmit messages and power by controlling, quote, vibrations throughout the globe. That sounds like some straight... I mean, really, shit. in a way, Let's what is science but some real hippie shit? Kind of, kind of the most hippie shit. <laughs> yes. Over the next five. Like, nerdy hippie shit. Hippies who are yes. just really into Isaac Asimov. Was he around at that time yet? Probably by this point. But, like, barely. Well, I just, because this is a whole thing that, like, Kind of what when you when you yep. started this talking about like fucking fanboys who don't actually know their facts like was all like all these Isaac fucking Asimov. dudes who are like yeah like science fiction like Isaac Asimov 
Yeah, and it's like, uh, yeah, Mary Shelley invented science fiction? Go fuck yourself. Like, Or, like, maybe even Edgar Allan Poe. Like, not to throw Mary Shelley under the bus, but, like, there were earlier and better examples. Yeah, but I think the point, specifically with the Mary Shelley example, is that you see a lot of dude broads doing a lot of gatekeeping. (laughs) Oh, girlfriend, just wait. So, for the next five years... Tesla, who was clearly not taking a hint, wrote more than 50 letters to J.P. Morgan pleading for and demanding additional funding to complete the construction of Wardenclyffe Tower. The tower was finally erected in 1902, by the way. That's, at this point, kind of incidental. Uh, In 1903, Tesla was still asking for money, and Morgan was not having it. After one particularly blunt rejection arrived from Morgan, Tesla cranked up his equipment, sending lightning streaking from the Wardenclyffe Tower that could be seen as far away as Connecticut until after midnight. (laughs) Just... The moody, the moody sad boyness. Oh my god, I want, I want my temper tantrums to be able to be that dramatic. Like, it's, like, can I have a lightning tower so every time I'm pissed off that, like, the grocery store didn't have my right, my favorite flavor of Pringles, I could just go home and, like, start a lightning storm? That wasn't even peak sulking tesla because like a year later morgan refused tesla again and so tesla accused him being of being a muslim fanatic for some fucking reason well because of racism because of racism but he was like a well-known episcopalian and like what a weird place to immediately go with that uh after jp morgan was dead tesla still tried to hit up his son for money i mean what you doing with it (laughs) what what are you gonna do with it Give it to me. In 1906, the financial and mental strain, as well as, let's be honest, some major underlying mental illnesses, led to another nervous breakdown. Tesla had to mortgage Wardenclyffe Tower, uh, not to cover his debt to his investors, but rather to cover his debts from living at the Waldorf Astoria for like 23 years and schmoozing investors there. His debts by then had mounted to $20,000, the equivalent of about half a million dollars today. He was not able to make the payments uh, on the remortgage Wardenclyffe Tower and lost the property in foreclosure in 1915. Yeah. In 1909, Marconi received the Nobel Prize for the development of radio. In 1915, Tesla unsuccessfully sued Marconi, claiming infringement on his patents. He was... Just having a bad time. Just having a bad time. Very sad. On November 6, 1915, a news agency reported from London that the 1915 Nobel Prize in Physics was jointly awarded to Thomas Edison and Nikola Tesla. However... Nine days later, a report from Stockholm stated that Tesla and Edison had not won the prize and that the physics Nobel was awarded to some dudes who did shit with x-rays who were not Tesla. The rumors were that either Tesla or Edison had refused the prize. The Nobel Foundation said, no, fuck you, no one refused the award, and in fact, you can't refuse a Nobel Prize until you've been announced the winner. Um, confusion like this was honestly why radio was so important because otherwise you're relying on boats and that technology was still like brand new and it would appear pretty. And boats are fucking liars, man. (laughs) They spread gossip like nobody's business, man. 
it's like the it's like ugh, they are just so catty and like they always stir up shit fucking, and they're never telling the truth. Fucking, fucking lion ass boats. I bet they're being <laughs> driven by little hidden monkeys anyway. <laughs> Wearing, I have. I'm sorry, but these these monkeys are absolutely wearing sailor outfits. Oh, absolutely! I want to make that perfectly yes. clear. <laughs> oh, this. Mm. Mm. When Thomas Edison <laughs> died in 1931, Tesla contributed the only negative piece, a roast of sorts, to the New York Times coverage on Edison's death. Not that he was bitter. Tesla walked to the park every day to feed and mystically communicate with the pigeons. You're going to have to explore the, the mystically because, uh, yeah, you're going to have to explore that particular. Tesla's acquaintances found his passion for pigeons puzzling because the investor was a well-known germaphobe. But he began feeding them at the window of his hotel room and nursed injured birds back to health. Oh, that's kind of nice. Tesla said that he was visited by a specific injured white pigeon daily. He spent over $2,000 to care for this tragic, sexy bird, including on building a device to support her comfortably while her broken wing and leg healed. I can't look at you right now. A PBS report claimed that when Tesla took up residence at the Hotel New Yorker, quote, he had the hotel chef prepare a special mix of seed for his pigeons, which he hoped to sell commercially. Tesla himself stated, I have been feeding pigeons, thousands of them for years, but there was one, a beautiful bird, pure white with light gray tips on its wings. That one was different. It was a female. I had only to wish and call her and she would come flying to me. I loved that pigeon as a man loves a woman and she loved me. As long as I had her, there was purpose in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I kind of so... I didn't know exactly who you were going to talk about in this episode, but I was given the slight hint. I did that it, I did tell you it was about a guy who wanted to fuck a and bird. And I was like, it might be Nikola Tesla. Because I have yeah. heard that the man wanted to fuck a bird. But I did not know what bird, which why? bird, why, you know. Cause How this came about. the face of it, it sounds like a like a nice, like, you know, the, they like, you know those films when they show, like, someone who was fucking, like, a genius, but now they're, like, 70 years old and they're, like, doddering old men, but they're secret geniuses, but, like... Then they go to the park and they just feed the pigeons or play chess and that's where they are now. Yeah. That's what it sounded like. Like a nice old man who's like at the point of his life where he's like, I was a genius, but now I'm just going to feed birds. And that's a kind of a nice image. But he wants to fuck the birds. And that's different. Yeah, it's the I loved her as a man loves a woman. That's that's like Roy Rogers being like, I love my horse <laughs> as a man loves a She was so much more than a horse. Fuck the birds, tuppence the bag, tuppence, tuppence, I'll fuck the birds, fuck the birds, that's what he cries, while overhead his birds fill the skies. In 1922, tragedy struck the couple. <gasps> 
Tesla Tesla reported that the white pigeon had flown into his room to tell him that she was dying. <gasps> oh no! Before the bird passed, he said. A white light shone from her eyes, brighter than anything he had ever generated with his electrical machinery. That's because it was a drone. Because birds aren't real. <laughs> so, so just sweeping that the fuck aside. <laughs> Tesla was heartbroken at her death and told friends that at that moment he felt his life's work was finished. At this point, you might be wondering what Tesla's deal with human women was. Um, I already uh, know. Um, his deal with human women was, uh, I want them white with gray edges. I wanted that away. Gray edges on their <laughs> on their feathers and with beautiful eyes that glow. It would be nice if they would coo <laughs> and just fly into my window. Also, um, yeah, Tesla never dated, married, or had sex, as far as we can tell. Uh, explaining that celibacy was very helpful to his scientific abilities. As a young man, he said that he felt he could never be worthy enough for a woman, considering women superior in every way. And I do like the way he was thinking there. But yeah, he's kind of become a hero to men's rights activists, which is weird because to me that reads asexual. Yes, and like. That's how I read it as well, but just hang in with me for a minute. Um, I mean, not the best queer representation for the community, because as a fellow ace person, like... You've never tried to fuck I, a pigeon. But I've never tried to fuck a pigeon. That is not what asexuality means. It does not mean trying to fuck birds. Usually, don't label everybody. <laughs> I can only define my experience. <laughs> His opinion started to change in later years, and he said that he felt that women were trying to outdo men and make themselves more dominant and were losing their femininity in the process. In a 1924 interview, he stated, quote, In place of the soft-voiced gentlewoman of my reverent worship has come the woman who thinks that her chief success in life lies in making herself as much as possible like a man. He's also quoted as saying, This growing tendency of women to overshadow the masculine is a sign of a deteriorating civilization. As Good. far as I can burn it. <laughs> Fuck you. As far as I can tell, he did maintain that women are superior and that they are going to take over the world, but he was just like not into it once he got old and crotchety. Uh, to sum all that up in the weirdest possible way, I'm going to give you one more terrible quote. Our civilization will sink into a state like that which is found among the bees, ants, and other insects, a state wherein the male is ruthlessly killed off. In this matriarchal empire, which will be established, the female rules. As the female predominates, the males are at her mercy. The male is considered important only as a factor in the general scheme of the continuity of life. And bees maintain the whole fucking ecosystem, so it sounds rad as hell, dude. It sounds rad <laughs> as hell, but this does sound like very red pill Oh, no, it, it, it real do. Like, it real do. Um... <laughs> But they wouldn't have liked him either because, like, he's definitely, like, not white bread American and uh, weird in, like, his a very different way. And didn't want to fuck Did bass. not want to fuck Stacey's and did not hate a Chad. 
Do we think that it's possible that his mystic abilities to commune with pigeons came from all the semen retention? That. Now that's a theory. <laughs> that's Now that's a He theory. discovered semen retention before anyone. That's why he's such a genius. <laughs> that's why he could communicate with birds. All right, that's That's what Tesla coils run on. Men, men. <laughs> or people with 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 testicles. Anyone with the testicles if you retain your semen, you can talk to birds. You heard it here first, folks. Would I lie to you? You too. Would I lie to you? You too can romance a pigeon. <laughs> like many of his peers, Tesla was a supporter of eugenics. He didn't seem to believe in a master race or be a fan of that brand of eugenics, but it's still icky. In a 1939 interview, he stated... Man's new sense of pity began to interfere with the ruthless workings of nature. Certainly no one who is not a desirable parent should be permitted to produce progeny. A century from now, it will no more occur to a normal person to mate with a person eugenically unfit than to marry a habitual criminal. Bitch, you want to fuck birds. We'll talk about criminals here. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. As I mentioned earlier, uh, Tesla lived at the Waldorf Astoria in New York City from 1900 to 1922 and ran up a bill the equivalent of half a million dollars today. Like you do. Like you do. Like you do. He moved to the St. Regis Hotel in 1922 and followed a pattern from then on of moving to different hotels every few years and leaving unpaid bills behind. Tesla's unpaid bills, as well as complaints about the mess made by pigeons, <laughs> led to his eviction <laughs> from the same pages in 1923. It's like, dude, you know, the fact that you're not paying your bills is a problem. It's the fucking pigeons, though, man. Get your birds <laughs> out of our room. God. The maids are super upset with all the shit they have to clean up. Like, they're all quitting. They're unionizing. That's how bad it is. <laughs> In the 1930s, Tesla racked up more debt at the Governor Clinton Hotel in Manhattan. Obviously, he couldn't afford to pay his debts, so instead, Tesla offered the management one of his inventions. Ren. If you were a brilliant inventor and needed to sell one of your inventions to a hotel, which invention would you go with? A death beam, you say? <laughs> Excellent. Fucking death rate, yes. Choice. Uh, Can you yeah, imagine? Uh, it's like, you didn't pay a rent. Cuckoo, death bee. <laughs> uh, so apparently, apparently when he turned over the box containing the alleged death ray, he told the hotel that they must never open it, claiming that it was extremely dangerous and could detonate if someone opened it without taking the proper precautions. They fearfully complied, hiding the box in a storeroom, but file away the death beam. We will get back to the death beam. And when they opened the box, it was a dead pigeon. <laughs> Tesla moved to the Hotel New Yorker in 1934. At this point, Westinghouse Electric and Manufacturing began paying him $125 a month in addition to paying his rent. No one's quite sure why, but it was definitely a they felt bad for him and he wouldn't accept charity sort of thing. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. In 1931, Tesla's friend Kenneth Sweezy organized a celebration for the inventor's 75th birthday. Tesla was basically a recluse at this point, but everyone loves a birthday party. Woo! Woo! 
Tesla received congratulatory letters from more than 70 pioneers of science and engineering, including Albert Einstein, and he was also featured on the cover of Time magazine. I want you to know that the bar for birthday parties is so high now, Ren. It's so yeah, high. Um, I'll work on that. I'll get you two yep. batches of snickerdoodles. Ooh. Ooh, I can't eat them. I'm that bad. I always, oh, I'm so I sorry. I keep forgetting that that's so new. <laughs> That's so new, and I'm still... I, I can make sugar-free snickerdoodles. Wait, or is it the I mean, carbs? I mean, it's 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 the carbs, but we'll work it I'll out. get you a charcuterie board. Okay. Like the biggest one that I can find. I do enjoy a ham. Uh, the party went so well that Tesla made it an annual event. He invited the press in order to see his inventions and to hear stories about his past exploits, views on current events, and sometimes baffling claims. In 1933, Tesla told reporters at the party that he was on the verge of producing proof of a new form of energy. He claimed it was a theory of energy that was violently opposed to Einsteinian physics and would be cheap to run and last 500 years. At the 1934 party, Tesla told reporters about the death beam or death ray that we mentioned earlier. Tesla described it as a defensive weapon that would be put up along the border of a country and be used against attacking ground-based infantry or aircraft. I do not know what use a hotel would have for this. But Tesla tried to interest the U.S. War Department, the United Kingdom, the Soviet Union, and Yugoslavia in the device. The fact that no one bit is just so baffling to me and says so much about how the military of all of these places have, has changed since the 1930s. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, on January 7th, 1943, at the age of 86, Tesla died alone in room 3327 of the New Yorker Hotel. His body was later found by some poor maid who was just trying to do her fucking job. <laughs> but had entered Tesla's room, ignoring the do not disturb sign that he had placed on his door two days earlier, probably because of some smell. Yeah, yeah, they start to stink after a while. Yep. And there were pigeons in that room. (laughs) Two days after Tesla's death, the FBI ordered the Office of Alien Property to seize Tesla's belongings. John G. Trump, yes, it's his uncle, A professor at MIT and well-known electrical engineer was called in to analyze the inventions they had seized. Now, the government really wanted to get their hands on one thing. Mm -hmm. That sweet, sweet death ray. Uh, Yes, it was the beginning of World War II, and they were pretty sure they didn't want a death ray just floating around. So they seized the box with the death ray that Tesla had given the Governor Clinton Hotel. In that box, John Trump found... Just normal fucking electrical equipment. It was something called a resistance box. It was fucking nothing, Ren. It was beautiful. He's basically redeemed in my eyes. (laughs) What a grift. And the thing is, is that sometimes it was real science. So you just never know. You just never know. The Supreme Court finally did side with Tesla on the lawsuit over radio patents in voided four of uh, Guglielmo Marconi's key patents, uh, belatedly acknowledging Tesla's innovations in radio. But that happened just months after Tesla died. So he did, in fact, die mad. (laughs) 
Uh, Tessa fans and even scientists remain insistent that the death ray was real and that John Trump's report was fake and the government is hiding all of these classified Tesla documents. I don't know. I don't think so. But the world is a weird fucking place. So when you brought that up, I actually didn't think it was going to go the death ray route. So uh, a couple of months ago, my husband went on a alien conspiracy theory kick. Like, was watching a bunch of, like, documentaries on YouTube and, like, Netflix and whatever. And apparently one of the major conspiracy theories in sort of, like, the alien community mm-hmm. is that Tesla did, in fact, invent that alternative energy system. He, they, he found the way to create cheap, limitless energy. Mm-hmm. And when the U.S. government seized all those documents, the U.S. government did not want to impact... The money it was getting from oil and from fossil fuels. So they hid the the documents because without that, they could they wouldn't be able to like essentially continue the money making machine that is capitalism through the use of fossil fuels and transportation and all that stuff. Cause if we had limitless cheap energy, there would be no need for money. It would also be a more appropriate thing to give a hotel. That would be more appropriate. But yeah, so that apparently is big in the alien conspiracy theory movie. And I remember because my husband suddenly burst out of our bedroom, wide-eyed, disheveled, like shirt askew with Dorito bag, being like, babe, babe, the government has the Tesla documents. I'm like, three o'clock in the morning. How drunk are you? It's Tuesday. Like, what's (laughs) happening? So, yeah. Yeah. Well... I got a self-care plan if you want one. You know, um, I we do need one because fuck a bird is not actually a legitimate self-care yeah. option. Although, communing with animals is proven to demonstrably reduce stress. Pet a cat, play with a dog, but under no circumstances fuck a pigeon. Under no circumstances fuck a pigeon. A balanced diet is important, but it's also important to make sure you're not just eating bread, liquid, and boiled things. That bad. Do not do that. Hey, don't shit on the Polish diet, okay? That is what, <laughs> that is what half of my family is raised on. That's Poland in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to put that in there because I wanted our listeners to remember because I shit all over Poland and, like, Eastern Europe in this episode. I... I That's part of my ancestry. I'm allowed to, okay? (laughs) (laughs) And lastly, open your mail when you get it. I know it can be stressful, but if you wait too long, you might realize that, oops, it's been 23 years, and I forgot to pay this hotel $20,000, so now I have to sell my death ray. And no one wants to sell their death ray, Ren. No. No. That's just a sad time. But if you do need to get out of... Any bills like that to a hotel you've lived in for 20 years and forgot to pay the rent. You just give them a box and say, what's in this box will kill you if you open it. Will kill you if you open it. But, but this pays off all my debts. (laughs) (laughs) Though they might call the bomb squad at that point. So, like, I don't know if that's going to fly this time, but. It was a different time. It's a good grift. All right. So that's going to be all for us this week, folks. If you like what you're hearing, uh, and I don't know why you wouldn't, you should check us out on thisfnguypod.com. Our Twitter is at thisfnguypod. 
Our Patreon is this effing guy pod. It is our Facebook that is the weirdo because it is this fucking guy. And might I say, in an aside, Ginger has been doing a fucking fantastic job <laughs> with you. these memes, connecting us to so many people who I don't know if we're listening, but please also listen. Please don't also listen. enjoy the Facebook page. <laughs> As always, I'm Ginger Golub. I am Ren Martinez. And here's a bonus self-care tip. Donate to the fucking ACLU. It will make you feel momentarily better. And don't fuck a pigeon. Peace. This fucking guy.